Welcome back to episode 20 of the Service Design Podcast. This is the first episode in a series in which we speak to the winners of the Service Design Awards. Today, we'll be talking to Mel Edwards, co-principal at Design Managers Australia, and Wendy Cave, who's principal at the Macquarie Primary School, and they won the award for Winner for Systemic Change in Education. They talk about their highly inspiring project in which primary school kids redesign the school car park using service design techniques. It will make you want to design with children yourself. Don't forget, you too can win a service design award. Submissions will be opening up soon. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, Mel. Good morning, Wendy. Thank you for joining us for us uh, early in the morning. What time is it with you over there? It's quarter past seven in the evening on um, Tuesday evening, and it's about 30 degrees hot over here, centigrade. (laughs) Ah, that's lovely. Yeah, it's the opposite (laughs) on our side. We, uh, I think it's one degrees here, and it's nine in the morning. Gosh. I had a frost on my car this morning, so <laughs> it's a world away. Yes. <laughs> so we're we're speaking to you because uh, you won uh, one of the service design awards at the conference in Madrid recently, and uh, we're speaking to all of the winners. And we're definitely interested in in speaking to you about your project because it uh, it really triggered us a lot. But before we get into all that, could you uh, please introduce yourselves for our listeners? So I'm Mel Edwards, so I'm one half of Design Managers Australia DMA, the other half is Justin Barry, and we were the service design component of the Design in Schools project, and with us is Wendy. So I'm Wendy Cave, and I'm a principal in the Canberra Public School System with the Department of Education, and have been the principal at Macquarie Primary School, so working um with our colleagues and collaborators, Justin and Mel from Design Managers Australia for um, the past two years. <laughs> and the reason that we wanted Wendy to be speaking as well is that, well, well, from our perspective, it was a service design project. We learned so much about education and how close they were. It, we, we don't sort of, we can't see any separation, to be honest, in terms of the work. It was really a collaboration. That's great to hear. So service design and a primary school, that has to be an interesting project. For our listeners who do not know uh, your project yet, could you please describe the project that you won the uh, award for? Mm -hmm. So it was called Design in Schools and where it really started was from we had at DMA been doing some work where we came in touch with some primary schools. So that's ages ages five to to 12 12. Mm -hmm. um and we just were quite interested in the way children um, participated in some of the research that we did wendy was the principal at one of the schools macquarie and we struck up quite a a good relationship and she wanted us to come and talk uh, about what um, design research was like because the school macquarie is an inquiry-based school and which had very close relationships to the research approach that we had and the design approach in terms of investigating and discovering. And we said, we, we don't want to come talk to you. What if we were to do a project with you? Because we're very curious about how children think um, because 
we come across very uncreative adults all the time. So let's see what does it happen early at sort of 10, 11 years old or um, are people still able to be creative? And so that, that was really the genesis of coming together to do something. We didn't know what the topic was going to be at first. Um, and then what emerged was there was a car park issue. So let's just use that as a service design topic. We, well, I was really quite, sorry, I was really quite excited when I met Justin and Mel through, through um, uh, the, the project they were initially working on um, in a number of schools because they are professional inquirers at the very core of, of service design and in, in a school where we encourage curiosity and questioning um, and students uh, searching for information, creating insights, um, synthesising, analysing information. These two, two people were... were um, professional inquirers so so from that angle uh, I was so keen for them to know you know to be introduced to our children so you actually used the idea of the car park as a um, design topic and then you together with the students of the class you started going through a design process right to solve this yeah, so we um, we knew that from our perspective we wanted to go through a, a service design process. So have an intent, have a client that was Wendy, have a have a system problem, like a service problem, and the car park was a service. We wanted to do the, the research into it, prototype potential solutions and test that in real life and come up with a, a design specification of here's how you could solve it based on what works. Um, and so, and we wanted to do that with um, young people. And so, Wendy brought together eighteen, I think, young young kids, um, and they were they weren't hand selected. They were quite an eclectic bunch, weren't they? They weren't the sort of the, the star performers or you know um, people that didn't have anything to do. Um, but they were sort of thrown together and we we took them through a service design process. We had sessions where we would interview Wendy at the front of the class and ask her questions about intent and why the car park was a problem and what, what problem she was trying to solve and what the parameters were and everything that we did in the project was exactly as we would do if it was a um, – a, a project for a client that a, runs a public sector or a private organisation. We didn't do anything differently um, and that was part of what we wanted to understand. Could you just take a service design process into a, a, an environment with 11-year-old kids and run a service design process and then be designers or play a part? Um, and they, they did play an excellent part and mm-hmm. the car park was completely changed and delivered and launched and which wasn't necessarily what we thought would happen because sometimes in design you just do the design and you don't end up implementing anything um but we we, we did end up with a car park or Wendy ended up with a car park there was no way that the children involved were going to not let me um, work on the car park and fulfill the the recommendations that that they had put forward yeah <laughs> that's great and how did they actually the kids react to the to this process did you think they they found it easy to work uh, like designers work in an iterative way prototyping or was it difficult for them 
I think because because Macquarie is an inquiry based school and it's it's all about questioning and uncovering uh, with questions, more questions, not necessarily jumping to a solution. There was such an affinity with the the principles of design that I don't actually think they found it hard. I think they were very interested in what we were asking them to do um, from a from a curiosity um, perspective. And I think curiosity was actually a word that Wendy and Brendan, the vice principal, would use a lot. That um, we were we were really trying to tap into their curiosity first, and then their creativity, and put some structure around it because we wanted to deliver a car park. And they they were really up for it. What was really surprising to us was how they never questioned the process like adults did. They just did stuff mm. and wanted to see what the result was, and that was actually um, quite lovely and refreshing because it's kind of opposite when you work with adults. And but yeah, they would just give anything a go. As long as we, I think as long as they trusted us, which they did, and we had so many um, collaborative partners in the school, including the students, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, they, they trusted it, us. It was such a, a lovely learning opportunity in that all of the, the partners or collaborators, the different groups of us were learning, the teachers were learning about this particular approach to inquiry, a particular methodology the students were learning, um, we, we talked about that the concept of split screening a lot, which is this is this is the process and this is the content, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, we still to this day kind of chuckle when people talk about our project as, oh, the car park thing, mm-hmm. because it actually kind of was about the car park, but it really wasn't. The, the important thing was, you know, the learning about this process and and the the approach to scaffolding student agency, mm. you know, not only letting um, young learners have a voice, but actually um, guiding them through as apprentices. I actually always felt with Justin and Mel and their their deep deep knowledge and expertise and credibility, mm-hmm. um, working alongside the students to actually be in a position where they could truly influence and be part of making a change happen. And I think with the kids as well, we with that split screening, so we would say to them regularly, we, we don't know the answer to this. We, we don't have the solution. That's what we're working with you on. And I think once they knew that we were genuinely saying that, we weren't people um, who secretly had the answer and were waiting for them to get it right. So quite early on after we had the intent and we would keep going back to certain things like what, what was the service and who were the users, and they took to those quite easily, more easily than we thought. Um, once they realised that they actually were going to be solving this problem themselves, they some of them really um, played quite designerly roles. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were more interested in data um, and, and different aspects, so not everybody turned into a designer, but some of them were genuinely designerly in their approach to so what, what do we understand? Um, what, what's the question that we're answering here? Um, not trying to find a solution too early, trying to build an evidence base. And that was, um, that was quite amazing to see. And we know that a lot of them have actually kept up with it since we've, we've um, caught up with them since the project. Mm-hmm. Mel's just prompting me to think they're one, one of the um, most, most stunning elements of working in this way was the um, the way that different students were um, 
provided with scope to let their learning preferences and individual talents really shine, Mm -hmm. you know, um, their their, um, different ways of working, different ways of thinking and learning preferences. Mm. Um, So in that sense, we know one of the 21st century learning assets that that we cultivate is collaboration Mm -hmm. and um, this was such a rich, authentic experience for the students in while they produced one recommend one recommendations brief, um, all of the students had such a strong sense of the particular contributions that mm. they made. Mm. Mm. Were there were there any students that that struggled with the the context uh, that that didn't thrive in 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 the design way of working? No, do you know that that part of the beauty of working in this way is that they all had the opportunity for input. They Mm. were all able to recognise the strengths and talents of one another and draw on that um, in in, um, this, you know, genuinely collaborative effort, you know. Um, It it was, for me, that was one of the, the standout features of it. It wouldn't have been, the product wouldn't have been the same if any of those young collaborators um, was not part of it. Mm. And I think this is also where um, the role that Faith, the, the teacher who was with us the whole way, um, played a really important role. So we're, we're not teachers as service designers. We we understand all the right things that you should understand, like empathy and process and, you know, being able to create concepts and ideas and all of that. But the role that Faith played in understanding the personalities in the room um, and where the strengths were and when we needed to give them a break from doing something and they just have a runaround, that was um, enormously valuable um, because we wouldn't have been able to necessarily know what to do because in a workshop with adults you just say, well, we've just got to push through because you guys are all paid to be in the room. You know, we wouldn't mm-hmm. say that literally. But but with these guys, you wanted to keep them engaged and the sessions that we would have would be like the longest would be like a four-hour session, like a prototyping session might be four hours or we when we did the testing of the prototypes, that was like a half an hour session where they'd be out counting with us in the car park or the cars were doing. So there was a lot of... Um, chopping and changing to the the schedule that they ran. It wasn't a regular schedule and it wasn't every week. It was when we could fit it in around things that they had like band practice. So their adaptability um, to the process and our adaptability to their world was really, I think, what helped it all work. Um, there was a lot of flexibility that we needed from them and they just provided naturally because I think because they're at primary school I think if it was at a high school um, where there's a bit more structure to their day it might have been different but yeah that's what I was wondering as well because in Belgium a teacher has a very uh, structured day they are in a classroom between certain hours they are teaching certain courses so I was wondering if uh, if this affected the teacher uh, as well in a positive way, or was it also quite a struggle to teach in a more unstructured way? No, and, mm-hmm. and again, we, we've done um, lots of reflecting on the critical success factors with this with this project. And for us, um, in the context of Australian education and particularly um, progressive education within the, the ACT, 
Um, we, we are anchored by the Australian curriculum. It frames and, and is a, is a, frames what we do and is a, a very important, um, element of our accountability. Um, within that though, um, at Macquarie, um, we, we, um, know that Real contexts lead to real learning and part of the art of what our teachers do is that um, involves knowing the curriculum so well that they can, we say, relax into it and notice and by design um, um, find the opportunities for the learning and notice the opportunities for the learning that, that are happening there. It's, it is a... Um, highly specialised way of working um, that, that focuses on knowing the Australian curriculum so well. Mm-hmm. But again, so that we can not let it go, but actually relax with it and trust the process. And, and I was just thinking as Mel was talking a little bit um, before about the flexibility and adaptability, but one of the things we noticed, the education team noticed and was um, very delighted by was that there were times when we felt Justin and Mel were working them really hard, you know, and um, I, I'm not sure in, in your part of the world it, the, the concept of grit, you know, stamina and sticking with um, with things that when they're, they're challenging and, and complex. Um, but, again, it's another disposition and habit that, that we cultivate and that trust by having professional designers working with us um, we all felt the leadership team, the, the teacher leader and the students, um, great confidence in the process that we were guided guided through. So I think that was that was really important. In terms of curriculum also, um, though, we, we, Mel says she's no educator, that um, Justin and Mel are becoming quite skilled at speaking <laughs> in front of large educational audiences these, these days. The, a concept that, that um, I'm very passionate about is, is uh, well, a, a, an area is literacy and mm. in particular multi, um, multi-literacies, you know, um, and the, this process, you know, children were constructing um, and interpreting different sorts of texts that weren't always print-based and on paper and they were critically interpreting and critically constructing. Um, so, so, you know, romping through um, the, the achievement, uh, demonstrations of, of the achievement standards in some cases far beyond what um, other highly structured lockstep processes would would allow. And I think what really fascinated us was, so Wendy Wendy loves her academic papers and her references (laughs) and would send through things for us to have a look at and say, this is amazing, we're we're all on the same page. We would be fascinated. There was a paper that she sent through, I can't remember what it was called, but it was talking about equity and equality in school talking about literacy and how you use literacy to understand and code break text and all of these things when we reflected on design and we're thinking about what is empathy how do you build empathy how do you think system thinking the the parallels between education particularly inquiry based mm-hmm. and design and service design is our focus um we're so um incredibly close mm-hmm. and and inspiring in some instances it made us think differently there were other projects that we had during this time 
where we would be able to immediately apply some education tenant to a, a, a project where we're actually talking about how do you research people about what the experience of doing the census was like and um, what, what is equity and equality and how do you achieve that. And it, it was just fascinating to us to understand how a school works and how it actually influences what it turns people into as adults and perhaps why there is a little bit less innovation and creativity in the um, adult world sometimes. And similarly from a, you know, in that, that parallel universe that, that we've been, been working in, um, at the, the education um, team um, working alongside designers and particularly service designers, uh, similarly so refreshing. There's such familiarity in um, the substance and the concepts that we're talking about but coming through from a slightly different lens, um, one, one of the, the things that, that we um, are well aware of at um, my school is um, that innovation thrives on new perspectives and um Again, looking looking through the perspective of working alongside designers um, oh, has just been so enriching and rewarding. Um, fantastic outcome of, of this work together. How do you see it then that it would be uh, in the future if you say like it's interesting to have the designer's role inside a school? Do you think teachers should learn more about the design process or we should have... Uh, designers facilitating some classes. Absolutely. I, I mean, um, we we do we we um, ideas like learning by design. You know, there, there's some work by um, Bill Cope and Mary Calancis and the New London Group. You know, that that is uh, was established perhaps I think around 20 years ago or so. That, that's the paper, um, the London Group. Yeah, um, uh, Peter Freebody and Alan Luke. You know, these are people from education that um, that, that there's such synergy in in our in our worlds as as I share. Um, the writing and thinking of, of those people, so it's kind of there. But but it's um, <clears throat> for me, what what I've seen is by engaging with people who specialise in design, not learning theory of young learners, but this thing called design and the methodology that sits around that. Um, it, it has just deepened and and stretched our work. Um, all the more. And I think that so in Australia there, there are pockets of <coughs> um, good service design capability. A lot of it tends towards um, digital, so transforming mm. um, services so that they're online or on your phone or, you know, the, 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 the normal stuff. Um, but what, what we found with this um, and working with the young people was that if you can't go to a digital solution because a service system sometimes is a car park and a community isn't necessarily people that go online and do things, you still have to be able to solve problems um, in a collaborative way and the problems are getting more and more complex. So the way of thinking that the um, the kids needed to have and Faith needed to be able to take them through and the elements of the inquiry-based learning was really um, almost hopeful to us that everybody in the world is not going down a STEM route and we're tuning out a bunch of coders, which are really important, <laughs> but there are still physical environments and things like empathy that people need to have 
and that actually helps you learn. Mm. So when Wendy talks about um, apprentices, we we went into it, we didn't even realise, but we went into it thinking of these and working with these young people as our um, as our as our team. They weren't we weren't training them to be something. They already are something. That's what we wanted to mm-hmm. um, work with towards a solution. Our, our hypothesis was that we could solve something using a service design approach, and, and we really did. There, in, in terms of sort of influencing education as well, since this work and through this work, you know, we, we've been thinking a lot about um, the um, – development of leadership in educational leadership, um, distributed leadership, you know, these are concepts that that the methodology that we were working through really, um, really foregrounds um, perspectives and ideas coming collaboratively from from, um, uh, other other people. And the notion of education as a human service that Mm. we're delivering, Mm. you know, designing and delivering is also slipping into the language at Macquarie increasingly since this work. So after after doing this project, I can imagine uh, your head starts spinning and thinking about all the other things at the school that need to be redesigned by by the students themselves. Do you, do you have any any next design project for the students coming up? Immediately at Macquarie, in fact, um, uh, uh, concurrently, while we were travelling to Madrid, there were there were two projects going on around that time. One was using a service design approach um, with students and staff and community members um, that was exploring the service that our school canteen provided and how it might provide um, services differently to, to better meet and fulfil needs and obligations of the users. And the other one that, that um, is is so exciting is the, the design of a community languages initiative where we're actually developing um, the, the delivery of our um, LOAT program, our language other than English, um, with community members. So there's multiple languages um, uh, underway by, you know, by different classes rather than English and one other core language. With a, with a community that has um, nearing 40% um, of families bringing multiple languages um, in addition to English. Um, really, really um, beautiful how, how we're connecting and engaging parents as well as children and staff in curriculum design and our deepening understanding of the importance of clarifying an intent um, and, and working through a process that way where we're not uh, where we're more comfortable to take risks by prototyping and testing ideas rather than implementing, you know, from beginning to end, thinking that we know the right way has really um, enabled some interesting practice and approach and ownership. And I think from our perspective in terms of having done mm. the design in schools as a project and not not really knowing what we were working towards, um, the the thought of rolling out design in schools exactly the same way with a, you know a group of students and some sort of problem um, was not as interesting to us as the connection to leadership and influencing the system and thinking about design as education. So, what role can design take at, at that school level? 
there are some, uh, I think there's a high school in, in Canberra that has got a designerly approach, I think, to their curriculum next year. And, and so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But from our perspective, what, what we learned in the connection with education was some different ways of doing service design, but probably primarily how to engage young people in the design process in a way that it respects their voice and their agency, that they have a role to play. They can um, participate um, in a a structured process um, and a service design process in particular, which is likely to be the way that problems are solved in the future and when they're in the workforce. And what it's also meant for us is that we're looking at from that notion of design as education is, well, what if we were to start with um, kindy age, so four or five years old, and work with them until they are 11? So, you know, a good four or five years of service design or design thinking and practicality in an inquiry-based school, so at Macquarie, and that's what we're looking into as well from how can we play a role, um, and it's almost a sort of a, a greater good role, how can we help these young people, particularly when you look at how the world is a bit messy at the moment, um, realise that they can play a role in um, solving things, but they, they can't do it on their own. So how do they have a way of doing it with others um, and they have a language that means they can engage with multiple people, multiple ages, um, and work towards a common intent and um, and and deliver something and find and use evidence. You know, that, yeah, that, yeah. so that that um, they they can be um, seek um, you know scrutiny on mm. their ideas. Mm. You know, and and know that that's that's an important way of, of reaching a really really strong outcome. Mm. Again, you know, we talk lots in Australian education, and I know in other parts of the world about the significance and importance of student voice. What this work and work in this way does is it scaffolds them to a, to agency as well, so that they can do something. And in fact, when we came back from the conference, the service design conference, which was all about scaling, scaling up, scaling out, um, and we were thinking, well, we don't just want a cookie cutter package of how we did in design in schools. So it really prompted us to think about, well, how do we scale this out? Not not scale it up, but how do we take what we did at design in schools and educating um, and thinking about how people at like a high school age or just out of um, just out of college before they go to university, where they might be thinking of going into a design career? What if we were to work with them as the design leads? Um, and we supported them and they did a similar project in a school with the right conditions being met like we had at Macquarie with the right sort of leadership like Wendy mm-hmm. had. And so we're looking at that as well in terms of how do you scale this out um, so it doesn't become homogenised um, or it doesn't lose its soul and become like, um, you know, a project management type of activity where you do this unit, mm. do this unit, mm. and do this unit. It's still got to have authenticity and heart because it's still about, it's still a human problem-solving um, discipline. Mm. Yes, it, it needs to be more uh, distributed mm-hmm. naturally, mm. I think, the, the, this approach in the different schools. Um, 
One thing I'm wondering as well, so if I ask my girls what do they want to be when they grow up, they say teacher and mm -hmm. mommy. Um, I'm wondering, do any of those students who took part of this project, do they now see themselves becoming designers in the future? Well, I, I do know that we had a couple of them that did want to um, lead projects and be designers um, immediately after the project. I'm not sure, Wendy, you had some... Um, oh, well, I'm thinking of, of a little person in particular whose parent, whose mother kept feeding him um, that her daughter had no idea that this was a kind of job that people did mm. and, you know, it's mm -hmm. really opened her eyes. And, and um, just before we travelled to Madrid, we um, regrouped with our, our team and so um, they're now in high school and we scooped them up from their new schools and brought them back together, which was just a lovely experience in itself because of the sense of team that really evolved, um, including with Justin and Mel, you know, and um, the, the, their interest in coming back together, their um, perceptions of themselves as designers. You know, we, we often talk about into the future and preparing students for, for the future. I think Mel was alluding before to there's a here and now kind of thing. These students are designers, <laughs> you mm, know, mm. and and so... Um, what, what we're doing is is not only sort of the career pathway sort of insights, though, though that's part of it, but we're actually shaping mindsets and um, active, informed citizens with agency, you mm. know, um, in the here and now. So well, when we asked them what they, um, what were their key takeouts from <clears throat> the, you know, when they thought back on it and they they, they were talking about, well, sometimes we'll ask what the intent is from our teacher because once they get to high school, it is a bit more structured, isn't it? They have a, a teacher and they go through a curriculum. Mm. Um, but they were talking about wanting to be clear about intent. I think one of them talked about um, wanting to prototype some lesson plans with a teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are 12-year-old um, kids, and I'm sure the teachers are <laughs> potentially extremely challenged by who, who do these kids think they are. And so we just we, we actually sent them through the certificates and said, make sure you put this in your CV because you won this award yeah. so that yeah. they know they did it. They weren't a part of something. They they were it. Mm. They did do the work. They, they did deliver a car park that has mm. been measured um, by industry in Australia and globally as being a worthy service design project. There's mm. agencies that could, you know, they, not, not hire a 12-year-old. They but. held their principal to account. Yes. They really did. The document that they produced, uh, you know, for me was um, one of the, the – um, most um, intimidating documents for me to sit on my table for over the months while we waited for, for you know, people like Rhodes Engineers to come and um, explain to the students why we couldn't just do this immediately, that there were Australian safety standards that they would need to double check. And our students were delighted where, you know, each time um, officials and professionals in their fields came back to us saying, yep, yep, you were right, we can do that, you know, it was such fun for the kids to, to you know, be um, so confident that they um, knew what they were doing, they'd done it well, and they knew exactly what would make a difference because of how they scoped and worked through the, the challenge and supported me with the need that I had for our community. I think our, well, probably more personal direction in terms of a 
a worry would be that as they go through the school system, which is so structured and they go to different schools, so they're not all in the same school, they're not all in inquiry-based schools and some of them are very structured and just, you know, make sure you get your marks and get into university, that um, what, you know, a hope of hopes is that they retain some of the, well, we know how to ask a question, we we know how to um, get clear on what the intent is, we know how to try something out and prototyping and test it and get a result and say here's the evidence and that I hope that that doesn't, just like the um, the curiosity that they had when we worked with them, I really hope that the school system that they move through and the, the teachers that come into their lives don't um, sort of squeeze that out of them because it, it is a job. We, we keep saying to them, you know, we do this for a living. We're mm-hmm. not just doing this pretend because we're with you guys. And I think, I mean, this certainly wasn't a job when I was their age, um, but I also didn't care that it wasn't a job when I was their age. And when some of them are thinking about what their jobs are and it's kind of like just be a kid for a bit but have some of these tools, um, there is a pathway for them, but you don't want them to think too much about the pathway, but you also don't want it to be obliterated by bureaucracy and routine. Yeah, I think this this system uh, is something we recognize in Belgium as well. Uh, what we see if we work with uh, teachers, they have very uh, almost strict rules that they have to follow. Um, there is a certain curriculum that they have to follow. Students have to uh, get these skills in that year. And we see that a lot of teachers also lost their creativity there and teaching and that they just take the book because if they know they follow the book that they teach and they teach the children what is in there, uh, they know for sure that they, they have all the, the points on the curriculum. They uh, made sure that they learned everything. But of course, that's the, not the ideal way of working. But that's why I also believe that we can work from the teachers, but there's also a quite a big struggle at policy level still to... Uh, yes. Again, with the Australian curriculum, um, if, if you're familiar with that at all, the, the goals of education, there, there is a, a, um, a seminal document that's the Melbourne Declaration and um, a, a priority, a goal for us is to produce students who develop students who are um, creative and confident individuals and active and informed citizens. And one of, again, one of the critical success factors um, with this work at, at Macquarie is that we keep that highest level intent of the Australian curriculum um, absolutely in the front of our mind. And, you know, um, I I take the, the very strong stance that... Um, we we are preparing um, uh, preparing and working with with young learners as active and informed citizens uh, now, irrespective of what their paid employment later on ends up being. You know, but I think job, also the the, the, yeah. the reality that we know from working with um, adults and, and particularly in the public sector space, we're in a public sector town, and that's who most of our clients mm-hmm. are. There are policies and papers and intentions and then you you work with a bureaucrat who can only do it a certain way because this is what the policy says. And so mm. changing at that systemic level is, is still a challenge and there are still um, people that um, 
like we we couldn't have done this project if we didn't have uh, Macquarie and Wendy and Faith the teacher um, the that leadership level um, at that um, sort of that operational policy level we wouldn't have got a word in because we um, we didn't go in with an answer at the end we couldn't line it all up to the curriculum and what you'd be able to tick off at the end of it we said let's just discover what happens and let's see what purposeful play means and let's try this and um, you trust us and we'll trust you and we're not going to damage these kids beyond anything but the the system itself the education system itself what we've found in the couple of years since we've worked in this is that it works fantastically at that school level but at that um, government department level it's it, it's a real challenge to introduce new thinking um, and new ways of doing things and different ways of doing things. So no different to the to the real world, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's a really beautiful project and I think inspiring for many service designers. I find myself thinking at least uh, I, I hope my uh, to make sure that my kids can have the same experience in mm-hmm. their school and that we manage to bring uh, bring design in. Uh, and I think yeah, the award is, is well deserved for this project. What, what does this award mean to you? How can this can this help you in any way? Um, I think it, it's it's really interesting. Um, we we went in for the award because we wanted to share the story. We wanted it to be heard because we thought well, this is this was pretty cool. We we read the sort of the service design papers. We hear what's going on in the world. We see what it's like in Australia. And and part of going to the conference was so energizing for us because. Some of what was described over there and sort of let's let's stop talking about methodology was such a relief to us because we're sick of talking about methodology too um, and was energising to us because let's just do the work and see what the results are was what we don't necessarily hear in Australia enough. It is still in, a bit in love with the, um, the, the service design as a concept. Um, but... What we were surprised at when we were over there was some of the things that we do and just expect are not still not commonplace. So, you know, making sure you design the front end and the back end is what service design is. You can't just hit, say, here's, here's how the service can be delivered and not think about, but who's going to deliver it and what is their world like and, and those aspects. So the getting the award was a real validation of the well, kind of of the maturity of the process that we have, which has been informed by... European service design and American service design and, and New Zealand and Australia are a real melting pot. And it was just, and for me personally, it was an enormously proud moment because I can remember reading Touchpoint journals years and years ago. It was one of my first introductions to the concept of service design. And to actually go, you know, to the show and, and see people talking about it like it's a legitimate um industry of real worth and you can do things different and it is an energizing industry and discipline it it was just enormously um it was a really proud moment for us at dma um because it's the work that we always do and it was work that we did without because this work was done pro bono so we were able to say this is how we want to do it and it was kind of a validation that it was right you know, it, it does work that at an industry level, yeah, it, it not only was it 
we got told it not only sort of pulled on the heartstrings, but it actually was proper service design and it delivered an implemented um, solution that made the world a better place. So for us, it's it's uh, um, it's not life changing um, in terms of so now we can get bigger clients and we're going to grow the business. We we want to be small a small design company because we want to be able to make this different and have authentic relationships with our clients and with the people we work with and that's what we had with Macquarie and that's that's how we like to operate because um, we don't want to change the world in one fell swoop we, we want to do little bits of time by working with people um, and how you can influence the way that they think and the possibility that they see that they can play a role in their world that's how we feel as service designers so the award was kind of a, a, a we felt a, a validation that we were on a that we are actually and have been on a the, the right path for where we're going for being authentic um, designers and humans. How's that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> and 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 for you, Wendy, does does the award have any any value to you? <laughs> oh, it it, it has um, opened um, my mind and and the education team that that I've been working closely with this to. Um, to, to this very, very interesting community, you know, the, the design world. Um, it, it's also, I think, affirmation is another, uh, as, as Mel said, but, but the affirmation for me is that um, seeing people who have um, significant um, roles in the world of making a difference, helping adults to make a difference in, in services and, and ways of living and being, to, to, to know that we are doing this with young learners, you know, um, there, there's so much that's right about it, you know, um, mm. everything that, that I know about how the dispositions that are required for, for students to live now and into the future fulfilling lives making making a positive and constructive difference to the world that we live in um they're, they're, the messaging through this through this work getting to know Justin and Mel and and colleagues that we were introduced to um overseas in Madrid reading what what um and hearing their experiences with working with adults we're so on the right track with young learners and I loved that at Madrid <clears throat> people were, were su- designers were surprised that we were doing this work with 11-year-olds and mm. our plan is to begin with um, young learners when they're, they're five mm. um, because for me it is all about inquiring, developing inquiring dispositions in, in um, young learners, developing um, students who are curious and interested and have have open mindsets and dispositions to to enable them to research to think to collaborate you know it it, it is so um congruent with all of my beliefs about um great education okay well, I think it's a, it's a great story to tell, and uh, I'm glad we can play a small part in uh, sharing your story. Uh, so thank you again very much for uh, taking the time to uh, speak with us. Um, is there any last, uh, where, where can people find you online if they want to find more information about the project or about uh, you? Thank you very much for inviting us to have this conversation because yes. um, we, we, we do enjoy talking about this. Um, 
and sharing it. Um, we've got a website called at designmanagers.com.au and we've got a few blog pieces about it, including a couple of videos about what the experience was like with, with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we also wrote a paper uh, we wrote a paper with the um, the teachers and the principals called Delivering Outcomes for People and People as Outcomes where we we had a really critical look at the two disciplines and what the story of it was but a, a kind of more academic view of things and that's, that's actually been far more popular in the education community than I'd say in the design community, which is interesting. I think educators are readers and that's on the website as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll add the links to the to the page on servicedesignpodcast.com so people can find all the uh, information thank about you, the projects. You. Okay. Thank you very much and uh, all the best for future projects and uh, I hope to inspire many other service designers to do the same thing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes, or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org. And for Night Moves, visit nightmoves.be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. The intro and outro music is from If the Stars Grow Dim Tonight, by Hydrogen C featuring I Will I Swear. Until next time.